0: Welcome to The Bridge, the official podcast for the University of Maryland Baltimore School of Pharmacy Patients Program. The Patients Program is the bridge between the community and researchers. The Patients Program created this partnership to help researchers listen to the community's voice in order to build a bridge to an effective learning healthcare community. Here's your host, Rodney Elliott.
1: Hello everyone, Rodney Elliott, Community Engagement Specialist at the Patients Program. Here today on the bridge, talking to two guests that have participated in projects with the Patients Program. One in particular, the Patient Professor Academy, and then another partner, friend, colleague, uh, the Patients Program, who's been with us before I even got here and kinda understands where the patient program started. And love to hear her um, perspective on where the patient program has grown up to this point. And also tap in to see what she's got going on, because she was very integral in helping me get uh, acclimated to patient's program. Um, so without further ado, you guys know me already, Rodney Elliott. I'm going to introduce Lisa Shield and Myesha Thompson. So ladies, how are you guys doing?
0: Doing well. I am doing well Rodney, thanks for having me on.
1: Thank you guys for joining me, really appreciate it. Lisa Shill, you mind giving us a quick intro to who you are and what you got going on?
2: Yes, thank you so much for asking Rodney. I I would say I'm a passionate patient advocate and uh, engagement consultant working to improve patient outcomes through collaboration, so families can have more quality moments together.
1: Thank you, I really appreciate that and that um your specialty is kind of what the patient program is all about one particular area and i know you participated in the ppa last year so as we're gearing up for year two of ppa i'd love to hear your insight on a couple things that um happened last year so we'll get to that maisha thompson how are you would you mind sharing with our audience a little bit about who you are your early participation in the patients program and then what you got going on right now
0: sure um well i am a uh marketing communication strategist. And as you mentioned, I work with the patients program, I think for maybe three or four years part time, um, yeah. as um, someone who helped out with the communications and, and marketing. And I remember, um, you know, helping to promote the first couple of patients, uh, patients days and things like that. So um, really been around the the program for a while and just always love the the work that you guys do there. And, and I'm just happy to see all of these new new initiatives and new things, particularly the Patients at Professor Academy, which I remember when you know Dr. Mullins first had the inkling of it. So I was super excited to see it uh, come to fruition and to and participate in it.
1: Lisa, you participated in the PPA. Can you share with our audience um, your experience with the Patients Professors Academy, and if there was anything in particular during your time uh, with the Patients Professors Academy that stuck out to you.
2: Sure, I think, you know, healthcare needs to speak to people's culture. You can't fill another person's cup until you already know what's in it. And I think that the Patients Professor Program, it it helps you to continuously learn. Um, You know, advocacy isn't something that you can just do in a day. And I love the patients professors program because not only do you learn about the 10, ten step um, framework, yep. you also learn about you know how to plan research, how to do the research, and how to deliver solutions. And also, you know, all my classmates we have stayed in touch. We share, um, you know, with through newsletters and sharing information and different class other classes that we find, and it, it really has helped me stay engaged because i think as an advocacy consultant you see a lot of times that people make assumptions all the time always making assumptions and it's easy to fall back into assumptions about patients and their families so it's always important to remind yourself you know you need to constantly think outside of the box about other people who you're not including and and make sure that patients are included every step of the way. So I was really impressed with the Patients Professors Academy um, for helping make sure that I'm engaging patients continuously as partners. Um, if the engagement, learning if the engagement's meaningful, you know, are the right patients engaged at the right time?
1: Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm writing it down. You can't fill a cup until you know what's in it. Me personally, I'm always the guy that's kind of glass half full. So I'm going to add that to my repertoire and I say, you know what, you can't fill a cup until you know what's in it because somebody could be drinking water and you pour some Gatorade in it and it just don't, it just don't fit. It's not going, it's not going to make sense. So I love that. And that speaks to how Patients Professor Academy made everyone who attended, no matter if you work in patient advocacy, no matter if you were contracted with the university or the researcher, that you have to understand what's in a person's cup before you try to fill it. I love it, love it.
2: Thank you, and I can't take credit for that. It was actually a tribal leader who came up with that, but I thought it was so insightful that I remembered it too and wrote it down and I try to say it to myself every day um, because I think we're so eager to share things, but we have to step back first and, you know, kind of get a lay of what, what people already know and how they wanna learn
1: putting that in to me that tribal um um person he whoever made that up that makes all the sense in the world because you put it in a language that everyone understands that researchers can understand that community members can understand that you know people in the community can understand that so it's not hard to to, to decipher that and you know when you're dealing with research you got to find a way to make people understand it in a way that they receive it in a way they can understand it so that's great maisha Can you talk to us a little bit about your time before the patients program in that marketing space? Because, you know, if you are in marketing, you kind of have to be a part of these meetings. You have to be a part of these sessions to kind of understand what you're presenting from the patients program to the community. And um, what stood out to you as far as the PPA is concerned?
0: What, I, what stood out to me, well, I'll talk a little bit first, like you asked, <laughs> about um, my time with the patients program um, in the communications role. And like you said, I really did have to kind of understand what the program was about in order to make sure that I was able to speak to it, to all of the different stakeholders. Um, so it, everybody from, you know, uh, possible um sponsors and writing grants, helping to write grants and pull together things for that to promoting events and getting the newsletter out, all of those things and really understanding what's important to all of the stakeholders. So I do know that that was always a focus, making sure that we speak to everybody in their language in a way that they can understand. So what's important to our community members, what's important to the organizations we partner with, all of those things mattered. And there was always just this this kind of um underpinning that we couldn't just say the same thing to everybody there was mm-hmm. always nuance in how we approached each of our stakeholders and really making sure that happened all the time so i was always just very taken by that consistent underpinning and just core value of the organization and i, I think that that really translated into what i love the most about the Professor Academy, there was such a broad range of participants. And that was, to me, was one of the best things about it. Um, I already knew the 10-step framework, but seeing how other people thought about it. So you have someone like me who is, you know, both a patient and, um, you know, just a novice in wanting to advocate for uh, people who can't advocate for themselves with chronic illness. So I'm just learning the space from that perspective, and what the Patients' Professor Academy did for me was get all of these different perspectives from, you know, people who worked at government agencies, from people who, you know, were if not decision makers, close to decision makers in some of the pharma- pharmaceutical spaces. Even down, i I was on a call uh, one of the teams with someone who was in the technology space. So you you know you get to see all of these different viewpoints. Of Mm -hmm. how, you know, getting research done and really making sure that um, we're focusing on the right things and keeping the patient at the core. But, you know, you have the patients in the middle, but you have so many different touch points that make, you know, make everything go. And it was it was so well represented and it wasn't an echo chamber. You know, so that was the other thing that I really enjoyed about it. You didn't have the same people agreeing and saying the same things, and, you know, I agree with you, you agree with me. It was really that diverse perspective and getting those viewpoints with an open mind um, that I, I found just refreshing. And if you were like me, you didn't know a whole lot about it, people leaned in. To help explain things about, you know, be it the, you know, the the process on the government side or how technology um, incorporates research with patients and things like that. So it was that kind of diversity of um, of um, participants was probably the highlight for for someone like me who's just really trying to understand on this side of the fence um, what participating and advocating in, um, in research could be.
1: Even in the work that I do in engagement specials, when I go out into the community, I can't just go out to these communities and just talk at the community. Talk at the community. You kind of have to come with a listening ear, kind of, you know, see what's in that cup before you try to fill it a little bit. So we took that approach as well. And I understood <clears throat> that some of those break rooms, breakout sessions that we had where again, you had a mixture of folks.
0: Oh yeah, they got heated. They were respectful, but they were they were heated. But they were heated because of the diversity and viewpoints. And again, everybody came with an open mind. So even when the conversations did get a little heated, you knew that it was respectful and it was really bringing all of the. You always walk away with hearing something that you might not have, you know, considered. Which I think is the most valuable part of of. The groups is really just walking away with perspective.
2: I was just going to say, you know, I also think it's looking at the barriers, right? Because we have these idealistic views on what um, patient advocacy should be, and and we also have to look at the barriers that are in place and how we can overcome those barriers on both sides.
1: What have you learned during the PPA or, or, or heard during the PPA that can help you um, address some of those barriers in your patient advocacy work?
2: That's a really tough question. I think one thing that we really need to work on is changing public policy so everyone can have a seat at the table. <laughs> um, so that's gonna that's gonna take a while. But um, I love how the Patients Professors Academy has created working groups um, to work on some of these barriers. Also understanding the government regulations. Um, on how patients and industry, you know, pharmaceutical companies can interact with one another. You know, there are rules, and we need to make sure everyone understands what those rules are. so lines aren't being crossed.
1: Change the policy definitely could be a long term approach, and you know, I know the patients program is all for that. Like we're here for the long the long haul. Maisha, you got some stuff going on over there in Arizona where you're helping folks manage anxiety, depression and, and chronic pain. So can you share a little bit about, you know, what you sure. learned or what you um, uh, discovered during your time with the PPA or just with the patients program in general and how that has um, helped you navigate to that next phase where, again, you're helping those folks manage that anxiety and depression and chronic pain.
0: Well, one of the things that, you know, I always loved, particularly about the 10-step framework is everybody says, you know, you have to have a conversation. You have to have a conversation. How? You know, like, where do you start what do you with start? this? You know so i think having a framework as a uh, you know and it's, it's a framework but it's flexible within it right so that's the other thing but i think just having the how um to have these conversations how do you work with various stakeholders is so important and i think that's what you know for me that's what you know really kind of digging into it and where it came from and integrating the personal stories into Um, teaching the, the framework was integral because it was like, okay, this is the step, but then here's a story about how this works in someone's life, right? So it was really that kind of balance of, yes, this is a, you know, kind of clinical framework, but they put real lives next to it. And I think that that was just an amazing approach in teaching it. In the uh, patients, professor academy is kind of marrying those two things up. So it's like, okay, yeah, we're in this world of research, but we know that this touches real lives, and we need everyone to understand that. And I thought that that was just, um, just amazing. And uh, as far as the work that I'm doing here now, I mean, just kind of following, you know, my heart uh, with something that I struggled with for most of my adult life, and then, uh, you know, as far as anxiety and depression, and really you know, having to take myself through a process of marrying, you know, uh, pharmaceutical intervention with all of the lifestyle changes and all of the other things that I needed to do just from a, uh, you know, health standpoint without pharmaceuticals, right? So really Mm -hmm. kind of figure out what that balance is between, you know, lifestyle, holistic health, and, you know, other interventions was, you know, it was a long-term prospect for me, and it was a lot of trial and error, and it can be frustrating, and this is from someone who understands health insurance, this is from someone who understand you know, I understood it, and it was still very frustrating and depleting for many years, trying to get, you know, just kind of get through and maneuver, um, and I know a lot of people who don't even understand that and don't have the agency to you know even just call someone to go to appointments with you because you're in pain you know just all of the little things and a lot of steps that I you know had to kind of figure out myself I want to be able to help other people kind of understand what that looks like um and right now um it's funny because I I, I started down that path and ended up in massage therapy and meditation so I'm um, uh, I'm now a licensed massage therapist here in, um, in in Arizona, and I'm opening my own practice. But what I did with that as well is um, got a meditation certification so that I can teach that along with. So really trying to figure out how to marry those things together and help people to understand how it all works together. Yes, you're on your medications, but you have to do your other things too to kind of you know manage what becomes you know chronic after a while. So those are things that I'm passionate about that I'm working towards right now. And, uh, you know, set up a foundation alongside the for-profit business so that I can do the work with people who can't afford it. So, you know, those are things that I'm working on right now, but really just understanding that in our communities, people need to understand that there is not this, you know, one one approach, this one way to, Mm -hmm. to managing these. You have to take a, you know, a 360 view of it. And um, it, it can be hard for people who don't understand it. So um, that's kind of the work I'm doing right now, along with my marketing stuff. So uh, it's, it's a lot, but you know, it's it's a it's a heart, it's a heart thing for me um, because I've been there, like I said, for many many years. And getting to the other side of it, you just you know, you feel compelled to to reach back and and share. And understanding that you know, the research aspect of it is important. You have to lend your voice. Nothing gets better until we're able to, you know, safely and, and feel confident that you know we can do this without being taken advantage of. Um, being in a program like this, in in uh, the patient professor academy and just the patient program in general, you know, it says, okay, yeah, this isn't the research of the you know, of the past. This isn't what you have in your mind. Yeah. Um, so really trying to change the narrative around that. As well, um, I think is super important, and that's something that I'm interested in because we all make mistakes, and in- institutions included. But when you have a program like this that's working to kind of, you know, move past those mistakes and really engender that trust, um, I think it allows people to to, to better uh, understand it and be more willing to participate in um, in, in getting those um, interventions and treatments that we all need.
1: Here at the patients program, when we hear someone share something that's exciting, or share something that's (laughs) quite awesome. We snap fingers here. (laughs) I'm snapping my fingers for you, Maisha, for sharing that with us. Uh, Congratulations and best of luck with that over there in Arizona. And thank you for sharing your lived experience because with your lived experience, you're able to go out there and again have an understanding for both sides. You sit right in the middle as a patient, someone who has lived experience with it, and also understanding the importance of being a um, vessel or or being a speaker, somewhat, for folks who don't. And right. I love that. And you were able, you're able to kind of step out on faith and, and and bet on yourself. And that's something I know we shared a little bit about during the time when we were here, the patients program. So I'm Definitely, totally proud. Thank you so that, much. I'm excited. For sure, Lisa, you sat and listened to mesa talk about her story about you know her being that vessel and, and sharing her lived experiences. Um, what are you doing now? And has the Patients Professors Academy being a part of that helped shape your approach, shape your um, conversation, shape how you engage with patients, whether they're um, on the community side or in your research part? Has it being a part of the PPA helped shape your approach to some of those things?
2: Yes, definitely. Um, you know, like I had said before, sometimes we come with um, assumptions. And even when we try not to have assumptions when you work in patient advocacy for a long time, you know, sometimes you fall back on some of those assumptions too. Um, right now, I, you know, I have I have different clients, but one of the clients I'm working with is working on finding new uses for existing drugs that have been FDA approved, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, collecting real world data from not only just healthcare providers, but patients, which is really exciting to learn the perceived benefits and risks of using these medications off label. Um, So for example, if you took COVID, you know, everyone sort of now knows what COVID is um, and you don't have a treatment out there and I work in mostly rare diseases where, you know, over 90% don't have treatments. So and it takes so long and billions of dollars to create a new treatment, a new new type of medication that it kind of makes sense to fall on what's on the shelf already. Right. That might be approved for a different disease, but it might okay. be able to help us. So we're kind of looking at that and trying to collect real-world data in real time. So if I'm a patient and I take something, you know, my doctor has prescribed it off-label that hasn't been approved by the Food and Drug Administration, that if I take that medication, the clinicians and healthcare providers can fill out a form to say, okay, these are the perceived risks and benefits of taking it off-label. And I, as a patient, which is really exciting, I'm going to be able to say these, this is what I think is working. And this is what I think, you know, is not working with this medication and putting it on an app to then have um, anyone be able to look at the app and see what patients and clinicians have thought about these medications used off label and see, you know, is there a benefit to any of these? And if so, should we look at, you know, creating a clinical trial for another indication for that
1: medication? Um, is that something that was, um, created or established during the breakout or, you know, when, when, when things were kind of new to everyone?
2: I mean, this, so this app does is collecting data on long COVID, um, yes. and it started in infectious diseases, um, okay, 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 you okay. know, so we could see, you know, cause I, there's a challenge when you have diseases that are new but then there's also challenges to diseases that are small, you know, it's not for a company. It's not sort of always in their best interest to work in diseases that are small and diseases that are new, you know, it can just take a really, really long time. So, you know, this project is sort of trying to um, help, help move the needle forward to find other treatments. And what, but what I love about it is because you're using real world, world data and information that's, interesting to patients. It's asking the patients what they want to hear. Right. right. The clinicians form is, you know, the clinicians are probably going to be more interested in, you know, co comorbidities, like what is eventually going to kill you or, um, you know, what they specialize in. Right. If they're a cardiologist or if they're a dermatologist, they're going to be focused on this one thing. But for a patient, they're focused holistically and they want to know, you know, how this medication is going to improve their lives, or how it's going to hurt them in every system of the body, not just one place. So you know, it shows the importance of of the patient voice. And um, you know, I I think I use a lot of the lessons in our meetings when we're bringing all the stakeholders together that I learned from the patients' professors'
1: academy. Yeah, I I I can't. I hear the word lived. I haven't heard the word lived experience more ever since I've been here for the patients program and understand the importance of lived experiences. Because when I'm out and about in the community or just talking in general, I understand that the doctors and researchers and the professionals, they are quote unquote experts in their field because they went to school, they studied, they had experiences, that's great. On top of that, I love how we make sure that the researchers, doctors understand that the community members or the patients, so to speak, that we deal with are experts in their lived experiences as well. That information is just as important, if not more, when we're talking about coming together, collecting data, coming together, having a focus group, collecting uh, um uh collecting information that's pertinent in changing ideas, changing philosophies, and what you talked about earlier, Lisa, when we first started, is you know, um, you know, changing policies. So lived experiences are awesome and fantastic and they help shape research going forward. And I'm proud to be a part of that here in the patients program and excited for year two for PPA, which kind of leads me to my next question for both of you. And um, if I were to ask you a question, Maisha, what would you say to someone who is considering joining the next cohort of the Patients Professors Academy in
0: 2023? Um, One of the things I would say is keep an open mind. Um, I think that that's very important, um, particularly when we get into the, the breakout groups and things like that, being able to listen critically, um, I think is important. Also, knowing that you can actually share. Cool. So sharing your lived experience um, in, a, in a safe space where it's valued um, and validated, I think um, I would encourage particularly patience. Um, in that regard, um, just knowing that your experiences are not taken for granted. Um, I would also, you know, like to say that I'm not uh, you know, even though I've you know marketed and written about medical topics, scientific topics, all types of stuff across the you know medical and health and insurance fields, you don't have to be an expert in the science to gain something from this. So I really want to tell some of the, you know, people who may feel intimidated. Um, they might be community members or community community advocates who haven't necessarily dug into the science of it all. Be open and approach it with that mind that you don't have to be um, a scientist. You don't have to be a doctor or a researcher to, to um, add value to the, to the program as well as to get value out of it. Because I found all of the material very approachable. Um, and it was, you know, in a way that I think just across the board, the curriculum was built in a way that everybody um, could understand it. So I want to say that as well. So for people who are considering it, but they just, you know, might feel intimidated by it, don't be, <laughs> um, because it's 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 approachable, and you will definitely, you know, gain value as well as um, have your lived experiences as a non scientific or non medical. Professional, um, it will be it will be valued.
1: Thank you, Maisha. Same question to you, Lisa. With someone that's on the fence, you know, about joining PPA twenty twenty three, uh, what would you say to them about joining the next cohort?
2: Yeah, I guess I agree with everything that Maisha said, and um, especially having an open mind and you know to connect with others. You know, um, i had such a great time getting to know my classmates and and still go back and and ask questions and also ask questions in in the seminars there are no kind of stupid questions right we all come from different backgrounds and it's important that we all understand um, what's going on i think one of the greatest things about the patients professors program is the time that they take to um define the terms right because if i say what is advocacy to you We, we might all have different answers. So if we kind of discuss, you know, this is where we're starting from, this is how we're gonna define it in this class, it's helpful, you know, for everyone. So we're sort of all starting on the same same ground. <laughs> so there's no reason to be intimidated to come.
1: Well, you heard it here, guys. We have two outstanding graduates of PPA 2022, both graduated, both took some of the information, the knowledge, the um, stories from lived experience from our community members, the, uh, I would say, um, intense breakout sessions, and they've uh, added that to the work that they do. Um, they implemented it in their engagement um, opportunities with the community that they serve and their personal projects, but also our professionals as well. And um, Aisha and Lisa, I can't thank you enough for participating and joining us on the bridge. I truly, truly appreciate it. And um, We're going to get out of here. But again, I thank you for your time. Uh, Wish you luck in both uh, professional and your personal fields. And thank you again for joining us. PPA was a success last year because of participants like you. And it's going to be a success this year as well. Thank Thank you you for having me
0: on. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Rodney. Really appreciate it. Thanks for all that you do for patience.
0: Thank you for listening to The Bridge Podcast. To learn more about the PATIENTS program, visit our website at www.patients.umaryland.edu.